Happy New Year, everyone. I hope over the break you had a relaxing and stress-reduced time with friends, family, or even alone if that's what brings you peace. Lots happened over the break in autism science. You know, I tried to smush as much of what I thought was significant into the year-end report, but in between that and now, there are a couple of findings that were of interest and I want to comment on. I'll talk about one this week and the other next week. Stay tuned for that one. The first author is going to explain a new test that was designed specifically to look for anxiety in people with autism. So the first has to do with the largest study so far looking at the risk of C-section and autism. I know you've heard about C-section studies before and it's been back and forth. Yes, there's a risk, but it's due to most C-sections being due to premature births. So there are confounding factors. And then others that say, no, there is no risk. And these have all been solid studies. So a week ago, another study came out, which I think is the most definitive so far. It has the largest sample for multiple cohorts across the world. And because there were so many people involved, it has the power to look at different countries, as well as look at the causes of the C-section, like whether or not it was an emergency C-section or a planned one, as well as whether or not it was due to prematurity. But stay tuned for a message I have about this topic, and I'll save it for the end. First, though, about the design. I've talked a lot about the Scandinavian countries and their ability to get lots of data through their registry systems. Another country has a similar system, Western Australia. So to answer the question, five different countries, and these were Denmark, Norway, Sweden, Finland, and Western Australia, all compiled their data for over 20 years of births. That was 5 million people. And that included 671,000 C-sections and 31,000 cases of autism. These were all singleton births. Twin births just create all sorts of extra problems and confounders in the analysis. So they used their national health registry to collect data on when the child was born, whether the C-section was planned or an emergency, whether or not the child was at term, preterm, or how preterm, and then, of course, to see whether or not they were later diagnosed with autism. They also looked at whether or not one country was an outlier for whatever reason, so they showed data by country as well. The results were consistent across countries. There was an increased risk of autism following a C-section. This was no different in those that were very early gestation or very premature versus late gestation or on-time infants. In other words, when they considered how premature the baby was, the C-section had no added increased risk because prematurity is already associated with an increased risk, but it did further increase risk in term babies. It made no difference whether or not the C-section was a planned C-section or an emergency C-section. Okay now, so there's where the findings. What does this mean and what should women know? First, C-sections resulted in autism about 25% more often than vaginal births. So it's significant, but it's not deterministic. Second, there was no difference between an emergency and a planned C-section. So for women planning a C-section, there's no greater risk for you than if you had gone through labor, had a major medical event, and then have had to have a C-section anyway. I do want to state for the record that four out of the five countries came from Scandinavia, the same part of the world. They have different languages, but somewhat of a common genetic background, so there's that. 
I'd be interested to see what the risk of C-section for autism in China was. I don't know if it would be different or not, but I don't think these results can be necessarily universally transferable to every culture and racial and ethnic background. I was reluctant to report these findings, not because I think this isn't an amazing study, it is, but because we seem to be entering in a period when women get shamed for having C-sections. It's sometimes considered the easy way out, which is ridiculous avoiding a more painful vaginal delivery. And I've seen women on the internet be considered less of a mother because they didn't deliver vaginally. This is obscene and it's offensive. There have been some theories that going through the vaginal canal does expose infants to certain bacteria that are beneficial for development. That can be true and there are some data that support this, but it hasn't really been fully studied yet. Also, remember the days when women were given full anesthesia for a C-section? Those years were covered in the study, but probably very, very small in the whole of the data set. This was a large study which collected relatively few data points. They did not include parental psychopathology, sibling status, mother's medical history, and that sort of thing. To do that, you'd need to dig into the records, and the study didn't have access to them. In order to do this, you would need a smaller study with more data points. I just want to say this. Your birth plan is a private issue. I had an elected C-section with my twins. I would not have done it any differently. C-sections do not cause autism. It's possible that C-sections lead to an increased risk of autism. And if you're worried about the downstream effects of a C-section, consider the downstream effects or an outcome of an infant who loses their mother in childbirth. I also want you to think about a study from a recent issue of the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences that I heard about from all places, the Huffington Post. The authors hypothesize that C-sections are changing our evolution. The idea is that in the past, babies with big heads were never able to pass through the birth canal and their mothers would have died. The baby was stuck in the birth canal. It happened a lot. Nobody really likes to talk about it, but childbirth was deadly, and it still is in countries with lack of access to medical care. But with C-section, these big-headed babies are now able to be born and live, and so are their mothers. I think that lower maternal and infant mortality is a good thing, but if bigger heads is a marker of autism in a small group of individuals, C-sections may be helping them be born instead of die in childbirth. Kind of like now how better neonatal care is allowing preemies to be born and survive, and now doctors are finding out what happens to them after they get out of the NICU. There is data on evolution in C-sections, but there was no tie to autism. This part has no data. It's just my theory. In the autism study, there was no data on, on head circumference to tie into anything, but it might be interesting to consider. So under this theory, or my theory, C-sections are a consequence of a neurobiological marker of sub-individuals with autism, which is big head size, not necessarily the full cause of autism. Thanks for listening. Next week, Dr. Connor Kearns is going to talk to us about her new instrument that is specially designed to detect anxiety in people with autism.